Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast taped on Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. <sighs> I'm David. I'm a noob. And, and, no, I can't do this anymore. No, no I can't. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> storyline that is of course the store the the ballad of katie vick oh yep here we go again boys and here here is why i'm excited folks is because the first episode i got big mad that jerry lawler Got to go leave the episode to sleep with the hoe train. In the second episode, I got made big mad at the very tasteless addition of rape and or necrophilia to Kane's fucking Katie Vick backstory. But no, no. Austin tells me those are not, in fact, the big mads that we're here for. This, this, this episode here is, I... I got nuclear mad at the last two. What is going to happen tonight? I'm excited to find. Are you excited? I'm you, you excited? You look. Seth, I'm, I are, I'm excited to find out how you take it. I heard because I I have had a premonition once again of mm-hmm. of where this is all going. Where this is all going. This is this is the moment. The moment that caused the WWE to bury this fucking storyline. Ten, six feet in the ground. Not even six feet in the ground. Ten feet in the ground. They made it sh- uh, extra doubly sure that we would never talk about this again. Oh, oh Christ in a handbasket. I I have no idea what's coming, and I'm terrified. I don't I don't want to. Oh God. Let's go. Anyway. Yes. On this, so last time we were here, we got the Katie Vick backstory, where Kane, mm-hmm. according to him, was had a girlfriend who, or of a friend who was a girl, mm-hmm. named Katie Vick when he was in college? Question mark. I for some reason it read to me as high school, but regardless, he was a young. He was the he was young enough to be in Riverdale. Let's put it yeah. like that. <clears throat> and <they> got <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> Katie got drunk at a party. And so he drove her home. But he's a bad driver. So there was an accident. And she died. And then Triple H showed up to be like, Aha, but you see, you were drunk as well, Kane. But not only that, they did the autopsy on the body. And they found your semen on it, Kane. And I have to, and he had to ask, 
did she did he do it while she was alive or did he wait until after she was dead which this show again i know i pointed this out like a dead fucking horse last time but this show really trying to like pearl clutch over this idea of sexual immorality at the expense of a at the expense of a young woman is really rich coming from early 2000s ww <laughs> motherfucking e yeah and it was all terrible it was there's absolutely no worthwhile aspect of this story with which i could comment on as a well that was a good idea no, there was no it was good all ideas bad here. ideas. Oops, all bad ideas. And fortunately, or unfortunately, the sexual assault aspect of it has been rarely commented on. In fact, most everyone is focusing on the alleged murder. <clears throat> what? No, no, what? Yeah, oh, oh, it, within the storyline. I thought you meant by, like, other people who talk about this. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, no. no. For, for some, yeah. For some reason, that was just kind of like last second edition. That's very fun. But everyone's just, Kane did a murder? <gasps> no, not my goodest boy. Or, oh yeah, Kane's a murderer. I'm Jerry Lawler and my head is replaced with dumbass soup. <laughs> and so this was all building to no mercy, which happened last uh in between these two episodes that we are covering uh we are covering the october 21st 2002 episode of raw tonight and at the pay-per-view triple h beat kane to to unify the world heavyweight championship and the intercontinental championship fuck you kane yeah yeah not only are we gonna run a storyline where you're of murder, rapist, necrophiliac, but we're also just gonna strip you of both your belts, despite the fact that you're super popular. I still, I still don't understand what? why they're running this angle. Like, like again, I, I brought to you my hypothesis. They're trying to like get back Kane's edge, and you seemed like kind of dubious about it. Like it wasn't very intentional of them for to to do to do that. Doesn't, so why why so. this angle? Was this was this just a deeply drug-fueled, misbegotten attempt on Vince's part to create another moment? Was that really all this was? Or is there something more going on in the writer's set? I don't. I can't. What? Why? Boomst? To me, it feels like they're just trying to be edgy and they wanted to give some, give, give some sort of increased stakes to this Kane Triple H thing. Cool. Amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, so whoopity fucking do. Triple yeah. H is the world champion. Uh ha 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 ha. Fuck you. Hoorah. And, hey, and he's uh, finally getting he's finally getting the full recompense for how he was made to suffer after the curtain call, I guess. And so the other raw matches from the pay-per-view include Christian and Chris Jericho retaining the tag team championships against Booker T and Goldust. They, you know, cool. they've been beef. The four of them have been beefing for. Oh yeah. I, I, I suppose they have. Well, I guess th that, you know what? That the bad guys too. win again. 
the bad guys win again, and my goodest boy pairing of of Booker T and Gold, God, you deserved so much better, Dustin Dust, are are once again being poo-pooed on for reasons. Yay. Yeah. Rob Van Dam beat Ric Flair. Good job, Rob. You have gotten good, the monochrome of revenge. Good job. Good job, Rob. That's that's Rob it. That's all you get. Van Dam. RVD. Everyone likes the stoner boy. Woohoo. He got a little bit of revenge for Ric Flair screwing him at the last pay-per-view out of being world champion. Hoorah. Yay. And then, and of course, Trish Stratus defeated Victoria to retain the women's championship. So, yay! Trish Stratus Uh-oh. may be willing to to do anybody to get to the top. She still I guess is, including Victoria. On top. <laughs> Congrats to her! Oh boy, how I'm riveted by these storylines. Oh man, I am so in tune with all of this uh, it certainly is not overshadowed by the big what the fuck burger at the center of all of this yep and it took, it took me multiple times it took me multiple listen re-listens of our podcast for it to really sink into my brain what the <laughs> other storylines on this show are because i was too busy remembering katie vick and i'm sure tonight will be very similar I don't think I will, after tonight, remember the names of any other wrestlers aside from Kane. Maybe Triple H if she's lucky, and whoever the fuck Katie Vick is. You'll say Chris Jericho, and I'll be like, whomst? You'll say Who that? RVD, and I'll be like, Gesundheit. I, I, I don't, I, this is my prediction, okay? I, I, yeah. I got nothing else for you. <laughs> So if you're if you would also like to melt your brain, then you tonight may do so on the Peacock app, uh, WWE's streaming American streaming service partner. You can get the service, and then you too can watch every episode of Monday Night Raw, including the one that we are going to watch right now. Fuck Peacock, by the way. See you guys in the back half, hopefully. Yeah, if we're lucky. And we are back. Um, We have just finished the October 21st, 2002 episode of Monday Night Raw. What? What do you even say to that? Mm-hmm. What? How? I can't truthfully, fully process what that was. I can tell you what that was not. That was not a fucking episode of wrestling, is what that was not. Oh, sure. There was wrestling. Plenty of it. But that's. It was set dressing. It was incidental to whatever horrendous turd sandwich sat in the middle of that whole thing. Oh, boy. Look, this didn't make me mad like the Lawler fucking the hoe train. 
nor did it make me morally outraged like the your semen was found on her bit from last week. It just it just made me check out. I I I had to no but what is the meaning of of this this all 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 of what we just saw. I truly cannot wrap my head around any potential reason for why the fuck this exists. I, I mean, again, it reads like a misbegotten form of creating moments, but, but, Jesus, what? Why did this have to be the thing you set forth to build moments around, Vince? What in the hell did I just watch? <sighs> yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about any of the matches that happened on this show because me neither. It's also all encompassed by this Katie Vick thing, and I'll be I'll be honest, dude. I I did after after the thing. I just checked out. I just I couldn't. I, I admit I kind of checked out beforehand because I knew what was coming. <laughs> and I didn't really have any mental capacity for this either. But um so let's so let's go ahead and go into it then. Um you know, I I I set up this arc for this knowing this was coming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it it even properly prepared me to see this in action. I this this I it's difficult to 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 synthesize, and we'll get into the specifics. But just speaking broadly, it is it is difficult to synthesize every creative choice that went into this, and not only what it all could possibly mean but just why it was decided upon in the first place who looked at this this thing this abomination and thought this was a good fucking idea who did that because fucking i fucking bane of my existence vince russo doesn't exist anymore at this point in time i so who was the dipstick that tried and failed to imitate his weird edgy bullshit with explosive spectacular fuckery i think it's really easy for me to mentally check not remember the fact that vince mcmahon sincerely pitched a storyline where he is in an incestuous relationship with his daughter, Stephanie. And after that pitch got turned down, he pitched an incest storyline between Stephanie and and his son Shane as well. And that also got rejected. And I think it's easy for me to forget things like that. Uh And then I watched this episode. And I'm reminded that Vince McMahon is the guy came up with those ideas so so Vince McMahon is a disturbed person yes can we just settle on that 
I don't. I There's try a lot not. Of evidence to suggest that. Yes. I try not to be simplistic about these things. I'm trying. I'm. I'm making an effort in my life to try to be Mr. Structural Analysis and see nuance everywhere. But dear God, with this fucking company, it's so difficult not to see Vince McMahon as this deeply screwed up egomaniac who gets off on just subjecting a bunch of fictional characters to his probably real life fucked up whims on top of you know just generally being an evil fucking capitalist mm. oh mama all right let's stop talking around uh, it then. oh let's... yeah okay let's, let's uh -huh. so we open so... with a tasteful video pack. right they do the video package that it kind of summarizes up this whole thing is like whatever so milk that tasteless melotrauma vince milk it yep. milk so tuck on those triple teeth. h oh no starts the show in the ring cutting a promo and i literally wrote god we're starting with a goddamn triple h promo that yeah and then my next note was triple h couldn't meander harder if he tried we're we're really focusing solely on that murder aspect for a lot of this we we like 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 we're gonna get to the rape part, but the murder part we're really focusing. Uh, it this 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 storyline simultaneously is really proud of the fact that it's fucking going there, and yet is really terrified, like a weaselly little coward that it's that that it's actually gonna kind of go there. The mm -hmm. dichotomy is striking. And says yeah. so much about how ill fucking we got in this whole storyline. Is oh my man, so, my god! The Triple H just starts yapping about how he's proven his <laughs> critics wrong, yeah. and he's the champion in this world. He uh, he almost said in this business, and I was like, oh my god. Um, but eventually he gets around. Wait, why wouldn't he wait, says that? Why wouldn't he say? In, why wouldn't he say in this business? Because that's his thing he said when he's the authority and he cuts promise. Oh. He always says, in this business. I'm like, oh my God, he almost said his line. But he eventually yeah. says that beating Kane at no mercy was just another nail in the coffin in Katie Vick's coffin. Speaking okay, of nailing Katie Vick. Oh, God. Yeah, that's where we get where that's where, where we get that mwah, beautiful transition to the right part. I also want to point out some great little lines from him before all this. Uh, first of all, he's talking about how he's the greatest in the world and yada, yada, yada. No one can take that away from him. Yada, yada, yada. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Blah, blah, blah. And he says, and to anyone who thinks otherwise, uh, I, oh my God, I'm you. Oh, oh yeah, he's like man. long pause. Hard. He's about to say something real deep, real hard. And then he's like, screw you. Hard-hitting comeback insult from the game in the fucking ruthless aggression era. Let Ignore all the other deeply awful shit that comes later in this episode. I was ready to keel over from cringe just at that. Oh, man, that was dumb. Um, right. uh, also, so at the In This World, I Am Untouchable line. Um, first of mm -hmm. all, I, I want to know, what about In Other Worlds, though? What does this world constitute of? Uh, and mm -hmm. are you touchable? 
outside of other worlds. I also have to really have to appreciate that after he says, in this world, I'm untouchable, uh, we get a great little cut to Ric Flair's fucking skeezy little face showing once again that he does not remotely understand the concept of untouchable. Speaking of sexual fucking perverts. Yes. But uh, Triple H starts making gags about this Katie Vick thing. And eventually he pulls out a VHS tape that he says, well, is the reveal. It is the smoking gun. He will reveal, will reveal whether Kane did it while she was alive or waited until she was dead. So he ostensibly has a sex tape of Kane and Katie Vick. And he is going to show the world this tape. They, They did a snuff film. They just had a snuff film ready to go on Raw. What? You know, we like it raw here. Shut up. Shut up. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Disallowed. Word limit. Bad. Very bad. Bad touch. Do not like. Oh, So, Hurricane shows up to, like, try to take the tape back, and he succeeds for a hot second. Yeah. And Here then, I come uh, to save the day. And then Rick and Triple H kick his ass and get the tape back. Yeah. Uh, and... Also of note during this whole sequence is my my sweet beloved boy Jerry fucking Lawler getting for some reason very sexually aroused at the notion that we get a chance to watch this fucking Kane and Katie. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, I got to watch the tape tonight. Where's, where's this cable? This cable, this JR. Is, we can do this. This is like, like I thought the whole train thing was bad and it is bad, but this is a new low for Jerry. What, what, how, how, why is he allowed to react like that? What, how does he keep the character? Woo-hoo! So, <laughs> I, what, what, he sound, he sounds excited. Why are, Jerry, why are you excited? What is wrong with you? Answer me! Holy shit! Come on, show us the tape, come on! Yeah, so Lawler's the one person in the world who's actually looking forward to this. I'm very happy for you, Gerald. And then... After the, the promo ends when Triple after Triple H has beaten down Hurricane, he talks about how you I'm gonna play this tape and there's nothing you can do about it. And after I play this tape, the issue with Kane will be just like Katie Vick. Dead. And that is his wham line, and then he leaves. The attempts at wham line. We'll get there. Yeah, uh so hey, who why worry about rape and murder storylines when we can have Jeff Hardy do flippy flips? Yeah, but we we will come back to that. I think we need to keep going. I think we need to just get this out of the way. I before we proceed I, to talk about nothing I, the rest of the episode. Wait, I need to if we're if we're gonna plow through with this, I do need to skip forward to one to 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 a kind of little mini series of events. Um, okay. that, that gave me, that, that gives context for my personal viewing experience. So, 
I guess for some reason Bischoff is beefing with BS. Eh, alliteration. And mm. and uh there's he cuts a promo where he's watching Big Show attack him at the last pay-per-view and he's human about it and Big Show comes in and he's like and he's or no, no, he hears a knock and he thinks it's Big Show. Stacy um, comes first. Yeah, he yeah, he th- he thinks it's Big Show. It's actually Stacy Keebler. And Stacy Keebler is I I don't know. She's something. It looks like the beginning of a setup to a fucking porn flick, which ironic. But Stacy wants something from Eric, and, and so yada yada blah blah blah. I don't remember. Eric says Eric lets her um ref a match. He says she's allowed to ref a match, which normally if I were in a better mood, I'd make a joke about my cool progressive king Eric Bischoff saying yes to to lady refs, but. I'm really not in the mood now. Uh, but he, he says she can ref a match uh, just as long as it's not the main event, he says very emphatically. And I thought to myself, hmm, that seems like a pretty obvious setup for for her, for Stacey to try to ref the main event and for some shenanigans to go down. But she doesn't. Nah, they play that she, straight. She has they, other they, things they, to do. They, 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 they play it straight. She refs I don't know, some fucking match. Test versus D'Lo Brown. Test versus D'Lo Brown. Thank you. He she refs Test versus D'Lo Brown. And I I had a moment. A moment of a brief a, a brief sense of potential hope in that Stacey Keebler was told very emphatically by Eric Bischoff, do not ref the main event. You can choose any other match. And she didn't. The, the great setup for some fun drama, just was not taken. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's a really fucking incompetent writing moment. I really hope that sort of writing competency comes through, and they also deeply fail to pay off the setup of I have Kane sex type that I'm going to show mm, they, they fail. I, the writing fails on that one in a different way. Well, yeah. But I, I had a brief moment of hope that Man, maybe these writers are just all around incompetent. Maybe they all like as a as a writing warm-up every day is like an imagination warm-up to collectively bash their heads into walls about ten times each. And they just forgot how to write coherent scripts and forgot what the fuck setup and payoff is. So I thought, hmm, maybe I'll get lucky and this damn tape won't actually really come into play down the line, because they Failed one sense of setup and payoff. Why not fail another one? But oh no, oh no! All of a sudden, they were able to regain their collective powers of of narrative through lines for the other garbage on this episode. Dear God! So yeah, that was a, that's a so, fun little bit of extra context of David for some reason tricking himself into seeing a false fucking light at the end of this fucking tunnel. Jesus, fuck! I hate this yeah. storyline. So. Triple H goes to the production truck and tells them to play the tape when he says to play the tape. And then they we go to an interview. Triple H is being interviewed by Jonathan Coachman. And he's talking about how he wants to show the world who Kane is and roll the tape. And I don't know what David thought the payoff to this entire storyline was going to be. I... But- 
I had no idea. I, at this point, at this point, I, 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 I was I was envisioning like grainy security cam footage, and it was no, it was somehow far. Where I had I had a I had the tiniest little inkling as to this going where it ended up going, but I somehow. After all this time, thought to myself, "No, they are not going to do that. That's stupid. Why would they?" I go I, ahead. I, please, I will. God, I, I will uh, give the play-by-play then. So oh, please turn... don't go into the all the detail. I'm begging you. I, I feel like I that bear. needs to be shared with the world. Um, <laughs> if I had to sit through it all, <laughs> so. <laughs> They cut to the tape. Cut to the tape. And it ha- there's a timestamp from October 1992. And it's in a funeral parlor with an open casket. And in comes Triple H in a cane mask. I, I should, I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. Is that it's very obviously can't, Triple H... In a cane mask. I I thought they were going to attempt to be somewhat dignified with this. Well, dignified in the heaviest fucking quote. No, he, he literally knocks on the goddamn door and says, Is anyone here? It's me, Kane. Thank <laughs> you. So... Triple H walks up to the casket and he's he's pretending to be Kane. I'm going to And so he starts talking to the to the corpse which is also by the way very obviously a mannequin sex doll. Yes. It's, it's a sex doll. It's just a sex doll in a and... very shitty looking he just starts talking about how he's so sad that she died and that you know if if he if she had just let him touch her then he wouldn't have crashed i don't know how that logic works to be honest but okay and he then is like wait now that you're dead you you like me and he proceeds to first fondle the boobs on this mannequin. Yeah, and they, they pixelate him doing that <laughs> as if. And again, by the way, he's he's not a okay. To for context, she's in a cheerleading outfit, which I have questions about. But he first he grabs her. Over the the cheerleading shirt, and they still pixelate it. <laughs> which uh, I which, got, which, which, thought was stupid I need to, and funny. I need to I need to point out too that he goes to touch the boobs and they pixelate it, and he pulls away and they unpixelate the boobs and he puts yep. the bag and they repixelate it like some yeah. goofy fucking like like we we need to 
stop your poor virgin eyes from seeing Triple H badly fondle this sex doll's tits. Also, yeah. shout out to shout out to this this promo's very this video's very obvious fixation on the sex doll's tits. The tits are very pronounced from within the casket and got the and big got the like, big tits on this thing. Also, he's playing with uh, he's playing with its boobs like like he's some 13-year-old who is just discovering the phenomenon. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ, the more we watch of the ruthless aggression era, it feels like such a pale imitation of like what a 13-year-old boy thinks is like badass and hardcore, but it's actually this dumb cringy bullshit that's mm -hmm. way too full of itself, like any fucking 13-year-old boy you find out there. Yeah. Okay. So he fondles the boobs a bit. Yeah, and he, while continuing to talk to this corpse, is like, you're going to let me have sex with you, is what he's getting at. And so mm -hmm. he takes his shirt off. And he's like, well, you need to take some clothes off too, Katie. And so he, he, he puts his hands under the shirt of the mannequin of the sex doll. And rips off her bra. And then he puts his hands down the skirt of this thing. And rips off its panties. And then proceeds to sniff them. Also, nice I, need to, I, need, I need to add... Zoom in on it. I, I need to add, when he took off the, uh, the sex doll's bra... We got this badly ADR'd draw rip sound. <laughs> yep. The bad. It just, the it just very went. bad. <laughs> just rip. Like, yeah, it, 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 it fucking might as well have been their Foley guy just leaning into a microphone and going, rip. <laughs> That's how so bad it was. I didn't catch what he said after sniffing the panties, but I, I think can't. he said something to the effect of, I love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning. I think that's what it was. Because, so, this Oh, thing, well, we missed so. the other one-liner of, Katie, mm -hmm. you feel a little stiff. Speaking oh, yeah, of stiff. Oh yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling a little stiff too, which I have another. I'm gonna come back to that line in a different thing later. Joy. So he then he takes his pants off, and by the way, top notch job to see the thong that Triple H is wearing. The to cover is white thong. The. The camera is trying to hide the fact that he is wearing it, but you still manage to catch it anyway. Good job there, team. And then he, Triple H in his, in his thong and his cane mask, go crawls into the, into the casket. And is about to have sex with this sex doll. And then they cut away to some 
imagery of uh, flowers and candles from this funeral while you hear Triple H grunting and humping the sex doll. They don't show him having sex with the sex doll at all. No. Great. Montage of funeral parlor scenery. Which... And then... And which uh, Triple H really showing off his his stamina because this this montage lasts about 10, 15 seconds at the longest. <laughs> and afterwards, he, you cut to him in the casket with the doll. And he goes, I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. And then... He takes way too long to keep to continue, get to the punchline of this, but he he's like, wait, I did, and he says that multiple times, and he yeah. reaches down to where her face is, and he pulls out what is ostensibly brain matter, and he says, and I quote. I just screwed your brains out. And then he tosses the brain matter out of the casket and part of it hits the camera. And that's the end of the video. I don't, if if you were watching along with us and didn't know how this storyline goes, I don't know what you thought was going to happen, but I can tell you what happens is that Triple H accused Kane of necrophilia and then made up a sex tape of him having sex with a sex doll to simulate Kane having sex with Katie Vick's corpse. <laughs> That's what happened in this storyline. I... I don't even know what to say, dude. It was tasteless. It was disgusting. It was disturbing. It was offensive. It made me deeply angry, very uncomfortable, and just kind of made me permanently lose a small chunk of my will to live, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I, Knowing I that, can't really disagree with any of that. Knowing that that piece of media exists, ever existed, and is still consumable via the WWE and the deeply wonderful streaming service Peacock, we we have we'll completely delete right rightfully so we'll completely delete Chris Benoit from history, but oh no. You're allowed to see the Katie Vick sex tape in all of its glory. Peacock censored all of the blackface, which was, again, good call. Correct. Delete. But they didn't, but they saw the Katie Vick thing. And they didn't also cut that. So, it's here. It happened. You you talk about this story getting utterly dropped after this. And I have 
two questions that are slightly unrelated, aside from the fact they're both about this. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder. So for so question number one is, what was the general like the 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 reaction to this amongst amongst fans and and critics and everyone like 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 what was the i i assume it was not i mean what great, do you I think i want to know well yeah but i i want to know what do you think you any, well if you have any highlights i'd like to know and 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 question two is you know you talked about after the horrible reception this very clearly got this just got dropped after whatever the fuck we're gonna watch next week my second question if you can have where the fuck could this gone after this what else could they have done how much further could they have sunk would they have would they have dug their own grave any deeper if they didn't like threaten their own very existence by eating the rest of their fan base and disgust for this shit like like where the fuck else could this have gone after this there is no, no like is gone and now it's just now it's just another catalyst to the beef between Kane and Game. That that's it. What the fuck? Yeah. Um. I wish I had looked up some quotes from critics of at the time. That I should have done that if to prepare for this moment. But where could the story have gone? I don't know. Because like. Shit, man. <laughs> I don't know what why they even went here in the first place. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking this up cuz I want to see if I can find some of this like <laughs> Christ. Okay. So, let's get some of this. Quote from famous um uh understander of of sexual morality, Tommy Dreamer um, claimed the original plan of the story was for Triple H to face Sick Boy at the following year's WrestleMania. Sick Boy, who was also known as Scott Vick, would have appeared to avenge his sister. However, the plan was halted when Vince McMahon was informed that Sick Boy wasn't actually under contract and only had a tryout match. Speaking <laughs> on the House of Heart. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. That. I mean, it does make a lot of sense. It's all... Look at David being fucking brilliant and calling it again. It was all a misbegotten attempt to create a moment, because of course it was, but the moment was even bigger and dumber and stupider and more fucking flaccid than I could have fucking imagined. And also, it was all tanked even further into nothingness and meaninglessness by... Vince McMahon shockingly being an incompetent goddamn boo. Wow. Uh, speaking to the House of that, Hardcore that, podcast, Dreamer said it was imagine. John Laurinaitis that broke the news. The whole Katie what? Vick narcolepsy. The, 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 uh, okay. The whole Katie Vick narcolepsy, necrophilia angle. Good job, Dreamer. Narcolepsy. That's right up there with notice the adjective. Uh, that all came about through Vince, and the payoff all was going to be Sick Boy Scott Vick was going to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania to avenge Mr. Who was dead. That all came about when Sick Boy Scott Vick had a dark match tryout, and Vince just liked the name Scott Vick, 
because they couldn't call him Sick Boy. This horrible angle with Kane and Triple H was going to be the caveat to headlining WrestleMania with Scott Vick avenging his sister, Katie Vick. I remember John Laurinaitis having to tell Vince, that's <laughs> John Laurinaitis told Vince, that's great, but he's not employed here. Not, that's great, but Vince, what the fuck? That's great, but he's not employed here. He was on a tryout. People have gotten hired on a lot weirder things, but I but I think after that it was just, oh, and we lost. We Dreamer! I'm quoting directly from Tommy Dreamer here. It was just, oh, and we lost that amazing WrestleMania to avenge Sick Boy's sister, sister's horrible degradation of her grave. It's sometimes how these crazy things happen in WWE. Understander of sexual politics, Tommy Dreamer has logged on. Oh, boy. Well, this has all been very interesting information to learn. I don't think I would have looked at this storyline better having known it beforehand. Oh, I look at it worse. I look at it <clears throat> fucking worse. This was going to be a big WrestleMania playoff payoff storyline, huh? They were going to go into WrestleMania 19 and having this big storyline where sick boy Scott Vick has to avenge his sister's uh, reputation being put through the mud by Triple H. This Katie Vick, Triple H having sex with a mannequin was going to be one of the top storylines at WrestleMania 19, huh? Oh, man. I've never been happy. And instead, what happens is, tri and instead, Triple H has a storyline where he tells Booker T that people like him do not become world champion. Oh, good. <laughs> and then he beats Booker T at WrestleMania. So, so clearly. They had a great backup idea. We can throw this whole company out, right? Jesus. Damn, I, I wrote in my notes, aside from just a lot of lines of nope. It's just a whole nope, nope, nope. Yeah, aside from all of that, game. I wrote that Game is having a moment here and that he's working through something. Per my earlier comment, I'm going to just transfer that on to Vince. Kane is... Triple H is talking like he's like working through something here. Like this is his own sick, fucked up way to like reclaim something once lost in his life. But it's Vince. It's Vince all the way down. I, I, I and it was all in service of a WrestleMania match with a heretofore unknown motherfucker in the WWE. Formerly named Sick Boy, renamed Scott Vick. Why? Like, because Vincent K. McMahon likes the name Scott Vick. Yeah, because Sick Boy was not a major wrestler. He was part of Raven's flock in WCW for a couple of years, but he was not a major player in any regard. It's not like he's a he was a big name WCW talent who was getting a big match at WrestleMania with Triple H. This fucking dude was, this was going to be his big shot at stardom because he fucking, because Vince liked his name. 
I not not even not even that. I I like like it's it, it's just Vince doing things like this on a fucking whim. God, maybe I'm even wrong that he's working through something. This I don't think this man I don't know. I he doesn't understand like Jesus, I know the jokes about Vince is isolated in his own little fucking bubble, but it's it keeps bearing itself out to be true in disturbingly real ways. He he just doesn't have a compass for what is and isn't okay, and he's just willing to do this this flippant bullshit on a whim without realizing, hey, maybe it's really fucked up to have an angle where where a wrestler supposedly has raped and killed a woman and the payoff is gotta have a wrestling match because it's a lie that the dude raped and killed the lady and instead one of the other wrestlers fucked the sex doll effigy of her as a prank, bro. It's just a prank, bro. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, guys. I'm yeah. audience. My... I I am not going to give good commentary on this episode. I'm just broken. I have nothing insightful to add. I just... Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just defeated. I... I don't... <sighs> yeah. Um. This whole thing is just awful. I don't know how to put it any... Add anything else to what David said it saying here because... I watched it and I'd say I kind of wish I didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Guys don't watch along this arc with us. It's not, it's no. really not worth it. The, the first episode is worth it because it's, it's, it's infuriatingly hilarious to watch Jerry Lawler go and fuck the hoe train. God, that bullshit feels Vegas so shenanigans where we ended up. That's so innocuous compared to where we ended up. Yeah, Vegas shenanigans, a TLC match that was pretty good. Fun times were had, I think. That wasn't a bad episode overall. And that's the thing, too. The the work in this episode is fine. The work continues mm -hmm. to be fine. But it's, it's, it's nothing more than window dressing bolstered only by the fact that it has people who this company deeply did not deserve, especially in this fucking time period, put it, giving their absolute goddamn A-games for the crowds that also deserved far better. And so... Yeah, this storyline, I don't... I thought... This storyline would. I pick these things because I think that I would. I want to say I've seen them, you know. Yeah. And I don't think I wanted to have seen this anymore. <laughs> no. No. Fuck. This is just. It's just bad. It's so bad. Like I in there is one context in which I'm happy that we're doing this in that like. I have, I have, this is me seeing WWE at its absolute lowest 
Yeah, I don't lowest really lowest on like a moral a lot worse writing level. And apparently, looking this up now, the lowest WWE stock got was in October of 2002 at $7.10 coinciding with the month of Katie Vick. I would so they're at their lowest financially. This is a good too. time to uh, to kind of point out that WWE was in fact a publicly traded company and had been for two years at the time of this arc. <laughs> this wasn't from the time period where WWE was a, a family owned company by the McMahons. <laughs> they were pub not that not that that really matters. That kind of stuff doesn't really matter to Wall Street as much as I think a lot of WWE fans kind of wish it would. But it still says something that Vince McMahon is a publicly traded CEO at this point in time, and he still decides to do this mm. on the show. Uh, but yeah, um, this storyline, Katie Vick earns its place in hell of the worst storylines WWE ever did. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. And, and, and like, as beautifully indicative as you can get of just the thought and considerations that went into this is we, we watched that whole deeply cursed video and we cut back to game just giggling like a lunatic at this epic prank bro TM he's pulled on Triple H. He is on, truly on embarrassed Kane by showing a video of himself fucking a mannequin. Very awkwardly fucking a mannequin too. I you know what? For I, I'm sure I'm I'm sure Triple H. I, I, I I'd like to believe that Triple H knows that this was not a good angle but god if it doesn't feel if i don't want to be a little vindictive and say damn this this video just like makes it feel like triple h has just got to be the most vanilla dude in bed triple the, h the, the, said triple h says fucking a mannequin to own the libertarian yeah sure sure uh i don't imagine uh it it, it it reads like he's used to being the inanimate one in such situations is all I'll say. Okay. Let's, let's just go ahead and talk about everything else that happened on the show. What? I, wait, covered... I also got to point out. I, I also got to add to this too. After they show the video, it's vaguely implied that backstage people don't get that. That was triple H. It, they are vague about it. I think, I think, I think that Jr. and Jerry's reaction suggests that you definitely should get that, like that you're not that you're supposed to understand that this is a fucking joke by Triple H because they talk a lot about like sense of having a sense of humor and Jerry Lawler thinks the tape was funny. And yeah. that only makes sense in the context of the story if Jerry and everybody else is acknowledging that Triple H, that that's Triple H, try doing a prank, bro. Yeah, 
but like still we get a like it's not but nobody says not. but nobody says out loud in so many and, words and but the one yes the that's one, triple h in that video the one backstage interviewer who's at kane's door kind of makes it sound like she doesn't understand that that was not actually kane mm-hmm so it was. Uh, oh, yeah. it's weird, and I'm sure next week they will have a a very specific. They'll say it so specifically, but on this episode, there is more ambiguity than I would like on that on that point. There is more ambiguity on that point that I would like. Man, I sure wish some other things were left up to a lot more ambiguity than the horrible specifics yep. we got. Yeah. Anyway, so, after so that yeah. opening promo, we get Jeff Hardy versus Chris Nowinski. Yeah. And uh my wrote I wrote my note for during the during the intro, because Nowinski comes out to Harvard to the Harvard fight song, I presume. Mm-hmm. Uh JR, uh Jerry Lawler's trying to get JR to stand up. And Jim Ross is like, I only stand up for Boomer Sooner. Yeah. He's a big OU, yeah. Oklahoma University fan. I I have to say Lawler and JR having mundane sports ball talk on commentary is only slightly less offensive to my sensibilities than all this fucking Katie <laughs> Vick stuff. Yeah, he's trying to talk he's talking about the newest uh BCS college football rankings and how Oklahoma's at the top and Ohio State's it doesn't even, really it doesn't even, high. It doesn't it doesn't even wait, he called out Ohio State. I think he did mention Ohio State at one point. Oh nice. I I like it feels like they weren't even talking to each other in character. They were just they just decided to like have a little Yeah mini convo about like current sports stuff because they were bored jerry law jerry Lawler, jerry lawler's response was hey, you're at the top of the bs rankings jr and then jim roswell well, that, well, that's not very nice <laughs> he takes it on the chin that old jr Jeez. anyway the match um, happens and i don't does, really care about any happen. of it um i just quotes from jr are really all i have um uh that's something you can't learn at harvard uh jr with the hard hitting observations tonight um there's no semen in wrestling i made that that was the one i wrote down is because the entire rest of the night they're talking about this this stupid fucking tape before and after they show it and at one and he at one point jr says there's no semen in wrestling he says it with like the same intonation which you with which you say like there's no iron team, but it's just there's no semen in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I I feel like he's he was trying to communicate some like deep universal truth, but it's just the words. There is no semen in wrestling strung together. I don't. Yeah. I can't derive meaning from that. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Um. So. Uh, oh, 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 wait, 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 watched... wait. All... Sorry, one more, one more from this dynamic mm-hmm. duo. Um, uh, Jr. You think Katie Vick's parents are watching tonight? Uh, Lawler. You don't think Kate Kane had sex with Katie Vick's parents, do you? Oh yeah, I forgot that when you said that. I forgot Lawler. that's when Jerry brings that up. Um, 
but the, for the match itself, I've watched enough Christopher Nowinski matches at this point to realize that I think he's boring and bland. Wow, no and he way. is as white he is as white bread boring. as his skin tone in the ring. And, and the fucking school he went to. A and so eventually, so you know, Hardy's trying, and Nowinski is just doing his Nowinski things. And eventually, Al Snow comes out. And Chris Nowinski tries to use a chair to hit Jeff Hardy, and Al Snow stops him. And this caused this caused a scenario where Jeff Hardy kicks the chair back into Chris Nowinski's face. So Chris Nowinski's now in the chair, and then Jeff Hardy's going for the top rope, his top rope swanton bomb with Nowinski on the chair. And suddenly Al Snow then pulls Chris Nowinski out of the way so that Jeff Hardy lands on the chair. And Chris gets the win. So yep, Al Snow cool. goes from stopping Chris Nowinski from cheating to helping him win. And it's all confusing. And they do sort of give an explanation later. Uh, so and, yeah. Eric Bischoff is backstage. He's watching. We yeah, covered a lot from the, this earlier. But he's watching him get. He's watching Big there. Show beat him up. Mm-hmm. And. Stacey Giebler comes in and she wants to be referee again because she just enjoyed it so much last week. And Eric mm-hmm. Bischoff is like, sure, whatever. Just don't ref me. <laughs> I don't care. And then BS walks in and menaces Bischoff mm-hmm. and Bischoff's like, okay, yeah. big guy. You know, he tries to, sw- he, he does his Bischoff thing where he like starts off pretending like he's trying to like smooth with smooth. Yeah, he, he like quasi apologizes, but then it's yeah. clearly fake because then he's like, You have a match tonight against Rico and Jamal and, and Rosie in a three on one handicap match. And the best part about it is you can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And then Big Show just leaves. And then we get Al Snow and Tommy Dreamer backstage. And Tommy Dreamer's like, Hey, dude, what was that out there? And Al Snow is like, you know, Chris Nowinski, he's, he's one of my kids, you know, because Nowinski mm-hmm. was on the first season of Tough Enough, and Al Snow is one of the trainers on Tough Enough. So he is trying to protect Nowinski from getting hurt. And Dreamer's like, oh, yeah? You know, you want to ha- see how well you're protected tonight in a Singapore cane match. And then Nowinski comes up to Al Snow and is like, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I don't need your help. Now or ever. And from there, we then get Lance Storm and William Regal versus Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley for the number one contendership for the tag team titles. And yeah, Un-American versus Dudley boys. Wow. Well, not quite the Un-Americans, as they make clear, is Lance Storm starts the promo with his classic line, if I could be serious for a minute. And then proceeds to explain how the Un-Americans, that is, again, Lance Storm, Christian, Chris Jericho, and William Regal, are finished. But William Regal and Lance Storm are very much still together, in his words. And basically, they still are doing the Un-American bit, even though they are no longer considered the Un-Americans. They are still doing the bit where they're like, America is a trash bag country with garbage people. They suck. Yeah, so they're just the un-Americans still. Just they don't have the name for some. But they don't have the name, and it's only two of them instead of four of them. Oh, okay, sure. I didn't realize there were four. 
I'm happy to see Reese yeah. here, and that's about fucking it. Um, yeah. Of course, of course, the entire match, the crowd is chanting USA, the dumb fucks. Yeah, the match I'm sorry, is that's, that's me and I'm charitable, but I'm not in a yeah. great mood from this episode, shockingly. No. Match is fine. Uh, they do a bit where William Regal punches Bubba Ray in the back of the head, and he, like, grabs his head and is like, whoa, because he had a concussion, you see. And this is 2002 <laughs> before we took concussions seriously, so we're <laughs> running storylines about how people get concussions. We've been, taking concussions this series. We, we, we've been taking concussions seriously for less than two decades. Holy shit. Yeah, you think about that. Um, during the In the middle of the match, Kane comes to work, and they cut away to that for a second. They do a fucking picture-in-picture, picture, which is weird. Yeah, picture-in-picture picture it, and Jerry's like, oh, you think anyone's told K Kane about the tape? Was there anyone's to let him know? Also, uh, shout out to my boy B. Riggs on top of just being the fucking best uh, and having a buttery, silk smooth voice um, that I love listening to and could listen to mm -hmm. forever. Um, I also, I suppose, amongst his other accomplishments, he's also a time traveler because at the beginning he makes some comment about how America shit country rah rah. Uh, people are afraid to leave their homes. I suppose which he... is which is uh, which was which. Contextually, would be roughly about like war on terror, afraid of terrorist stuff, because this is still only about a year after 9 11. A year after 9 11. But so, like, fear of terrorist attacks is what this would be contextually about. But it's fun. But I made a joke while we were watching of like, everyone's afraid to leave their homes because it's a pan. Was we're in a pandemic, Regal? <laughs> hey, WWE, how did you get to this Katie Vick storyline? Well, I don't want to blame it all on 9/11, but <laughs> oh man, okay, you know, like okay, you know, like the meme where you have the little dominoes and it leads to the big domino, the, the giant domino, <laughs> the big domino, Katie big storyline, and the little one is 9/11, 9/11, 9/11, yeah, great, um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, we get advertised after this match. Uh, uh, well, uh, so oh, the win is that sorry, the Dudley finished, boys yeah. get the dub. Uh, oh, uh, specifically, Spike Dudley, I think, pins William Regal. But then after the match, uh, the Un-Americans attack, and William Regal gets his brass knucks and hits Spike Dudley in the gut a few times. Yeah. And they try to sell it as little Spike is bleeding from the mouth. So he kayfabes some blood as if he is, he is spitting up blood because his ribs have been shattered. <laughs> Yeah, um, and they play the Un-Americans music for some reason, despite the fact that they were, in fact, the losers of the match, which I think is very funny and also based. Mm -hmm. uh, then what you were saying about advertising. Yeah, uh, I, in the one thing about this episode that made me tangentially feel some emotion that vaguely approximates happiness, uh, they advertise what is actually legitimately kind of for realsies intergender wrestling in the WWE which witchcraft but cool i approach it with trepidation mhm mm but first but we go backstage with Trish Stratus who is just conveniently doing a photo shoot right at this point in time yeah what the fuck 
and she gets done taking the pictures and the photographer just starts talking to her about what happened at the pay-per-view and she just starts mm-hmm. talking about how she beat victoria and how victoria is a stupid liar which i this, guess she is this, this fucking storyline i hate so much but then in comes chris jericho and christian because that intergender thing that david was talking about is that they are advertising a six-person match Later in the show, Booker T, Goldust, and Trish Stratus versus Chris Jericho, Christian, and Victoria. A whole lot of rematches with each other from the pay-per-view that we had uh, to yesterday. Vibes on this episode. Great. And so Christian and Chris Jericho show up, and they're like, oh yeah, Trish. And you know, you get a good point. You would never sleep your way to the top. After all, a woman who barks like a dog for Vince McMahon, which, oh boy, I can't believe we're referencing that so casually. Because mm-hmm. there was the storyline a couple of years prior where basically Trish Stratus was... Okay, so how do I, how do I start from the beginning here? So Linda McMahon is in a catatonic state... In a wheelchair. And Vince McMahon, in storyline, takes this as an excuse to basically divorce his wife and have mistresses in front of, and have sex with them while she's in front of him. And so Tristratus becomes Vince McMahon's mistress, and he is shitty to her, and in one infamously bad segment, he he degrades her and makes her bark like a dog for him in the middle of the ring. And okay, so yeah, there's a lot of absolutely insane McMahon family drama that ends with Linda kicking Vince in the balls at WrestleMania. Do you want to get our take the pathway all the way out here? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, Vince is definitely, you know what I, I do, I, I will stick with this. Vince is definitely working through some weird psychosexual shit. And we could definitely talk about the, uh, uh, the, uh, ethical ramifications of writing a storyline where your boss is trying to have sex with you, except the person writing the storyline is actually your also boss. your boss. But um, we don't have time for that because we already spent all this time on Katie Vick, but I will almost certainly come back to it at some point. Point being, they are using that segment as a to slut shame Trish and accuse her of definitely sleeping her way to the top and in fact chris jericho continues to be an asshat who then um for before he hits on trish he tells her to pass along a message to them that they are most certainly not suckers (laughs) because he is still on about this you re- I, I have to say, I, there is a part of me that does appreciate just how goofy Jericho's persona is throughout this entire fucking thing. Like, mm-hmm. like in this in this era that is trying so hard to take itself oh, far too seriously, Jericho seems to be the one person who knows where the fuck he is and and how the hell to to act in accordance with the dignity that is afforded to him 
by virtue of where he is. Big theater kid vibes. He gets some good boy brownie points for actually being kind of entertaining to watch and his mm-hmm. sheer egomaniacal goofiness. Yeah. Right. So there, there, Christian and 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 Jericho are gloating about beating, having beaten Booker and Goldust the pay per view. But then after that, he Jericho suggests that Tristratus wants him. He knows that he sees the way that she looks at him, and he invites her back to his hotel room later after the show, so that she can come get an injection. Of vitamin C. The C, of course, standing for Chris. And 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 after after they real great that on the Katie Vick sex tape episode, we also have this is also happening. And how sexual harassment. Great. And after he walks away, she's just like, huh, talk about delusional. Waka, waka, waka. Hilarious. Uh, Then Eric Bischoff comes out on stage and he first comes to gloat about the big show thing later happening later in the show. But then he announces that, you know, Stephanie McMahon you know, she had hell in a cell between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker at No Mercy last night. And that was pretty good. But he will be better at Survivor Series. He's going to be better than Stephanie McMahon. Because at Survivor Series, he will introduce a brand new match that he has created. The Elimination Chamber Match. Yeah. I guess we're also just getting in random lore on this episode that Eric Bischoff kayfabe invented Elimination Chamber, which has become one of WWE's biggest fucking pay-per-view things. Yeah, it's one of their big staple uh, pay-per-view, like, stipulation gimmick matches on pay-per-view. And, in fact, uh, as of this, as of day of recording of this, the WWE, the WWE uh, newest, most recent incarnation of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view happened this past Saturday. So... It's pretty wild that this happened to be the show where if Eric Bischoff announced the elimination, the very first elimination chamber match, which also I've watched that match. It's pretty awesome. So that was cool. Yeah, that seems that seems that that's actually kind of cool. Kudos, mm-hmm. I guess. Two brownie yeah, points. But- two whole brownie points. Yay! You did it, show. And then we got a Batista nice. video where uh. It opens with, did you know the human body has 650 muscles? This guy does. (laughs) It cuts to Batista working out and being a big, beefy boy in the gym. (laughs) And and the tagline for this whole video is Batista (laughs) and the genetic revolution. The genetic revolution has begun. With it's so silly. I love Batista it. eugenics posting. Like this feel this feels like the precursor to Charlotte Fair being like, I'm genetically superior. Corporate wants you to tell me the difference between these two pictures. These two pictures. <laughs> They're the same picture. <laughs> no. 
Uh, also, right. before the Batista video, we get a shot of Stacey Keebler in her ref uniform walking to the Oh, ring. yeah. And fucking JR, of all people, it, he tries to he tries to Lawler post for a second, and his version of Lawler posting, seeing holy her in this, sabers. you know, the, yeah. Oh, holy sabers. <laughs> Woohoo! Is that even a sentence? Can one legally say holy zebras? I feel like that's a crime against language. Yep, that was that was a thing he said. Hopefully yeah. he never says it again. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, so but yeah, oh Stacy fucking boo for Stacy Keebler not refing the main event against Bischoff's wishes. Fuck you, incompetent storytelling. Writer heads go bash bash against the wall. Yeah. So um uh D'Lo Brown versus Test is the match that she does actually uh, referee. And if you thought she was going to be an unbiased referee, well, I guess you didn't watch last week. But to make sure that you get that in your head, she starts the match by slapping D'Lo Brown across the face and then rings the bell. <laughs> so, I'll be honest, once again... I think that Stacey Keebler's obvious heel referee shenanigans are hilarious, and maybe I just think that's funny, and that I have bad taste. But no, it was cute. I guess I just didn't. She is blatantly biased towards a test. You know, D'Lo Brown. He hits a big move, and he goes for the pin, and she counts like one, two. And then he and then Tess kicks out and he's like, "What the hell?" I was slow counting. He's like, "I don't know what you want from me." And then at one point, D'Lo Brown is hitting his big move, but Stacy Keebler, her shoe comes untied, and so she turns around and while he's and ties her shoe, while D'Lo Brown is pinning Test, and so she misses it completely. Yeah. You know, it's it's cute to see just how blatant she is with that shit. I can kind of mm -hmm. get on board with that a little bit. And then um, Test hits his his big move, and then Stacy kids one, two, three. She went, he wins, and she immediately jumps into Tess's arms and like walks out with him. So I guess that's gonna be a thing going forward. Yeah, yeah, cool for her. I hope they have a happy relation did they were they like together off screen and this was them just getting together on not screen to my knowledge okay cool okay who but, the fuck uh, was it in this match who was making sounds somebody was making sounds whenever they're probably whenever... jerry no i don't I, know was it was it jerry like fucking there was oh no i know what you're talking about is because when test when he was kneeing d-lo in the corner he was like yeah 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 and every yeah. single hit oh uh, there was also like he goes like choo 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 again goes on tight also at the end of this match when stacy fucking uh jumps into test's arms and wraps her legs around <laughs> <laughs> Lawler goes. <laughs> you ever see Earl Hebner do that with somebody? <laughs> they were really fixating on the idea of Earl Hebner throughout this whole episode. And honestly, I wish I got to see Earl Hebner. I would love to see Earl Hebner like do some heel refing in the pocket for someone. And at the end, 
just fucking fling himself into their arms and like and wrap his legs around him and just mm-hmm. kind of lean back and be like, oh baby. Like I think that, that would, would be hysterical. an incredible sight. <laughs> All right. Then we get a oh, prone Victoria interview with Terry. And <laughs> Terry explain explains the story beat. And it's like Victoria, you claim that that Trish Stratus slept her way to the top, but clearly she beat you. So uh, I guess that's not what happened. And Victoria goes, "Are you calling me a liar?" And Terry just kind of shrugs and like, oh, I, "I ain't yes, calling you a truther. I ain't calling you a truther." And yeah. Victoria is just pleading her case that Trish Stratus is a liar and is an asshole and a bad friend, and she held her back. And meanwhile, Goldust enters the scene from behind victoria and he just starts he just shows up to be weird he like talks to victoria and then booger t shows up and booger t starts cutting a promo about jericho later which uh included the hysterical line to me of him going well you know book chris jericho talking about that vitamin c well later i'm gonna give him an injection of vitamin t sucker yeah sure and while booker t is just running down chris jericho and christian goldust is like playing with victoria's hair in the background just kind of being a weirdo uh i think my favorite my favorite this got a good giggle out of me because it was just so random and unhinged was was it was like it was just nonsensical fucking Booker, so Goldust shows up and everyone's like, woo! Uh, and Booker shows up and everyone's like, woo! And Booker yells in Victoria's face, what's up, dog? And and Victoria rep- replies with, are you calling me a dog? And Booker replies with, calm down, calm down. Just, again, calm down, calm down. let me play that through one more time. What's up, dog? Are you calling me a dog? Calm down, calm down. What? What what was that interaction? It felt like it felt absurdist. It felt like I <gasps> briefly dipped into watching some fucking avant-garde art house movie that has some some deep meaning about the the fucked up ways in which we are socialized to interact with each other. Like it just it felt uh, for a brief moment just a, a, of of a different world. <laughs> what? Sure. And then after that, we get the six-person tag team match, and match is fine. Um, not a lot of intergender action, though. Not until the very end. Yeah, uh, we do. Uh, you know what? One. I was pleasantly surprised that we got any at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, like they're they're everybody involved is talented, and they're just kind of rehashing the stuff they did at the pay per view. <laughs> Um, and after I wrote down the entire finishing sequence, so here mm. we go. Is Trish Stratus comes in on the hot tag and she's looking to kick some ass, including to the men. And then Chris Jericho grabs her by the legs and drags her out of the ring. So Goldust yeah. runs in the ring and sets up Jericho for the shattered dreams. And if you don't know what that is, it's where 
Goldust sits his opponents in the corner, straddling the top and middle ropes, and then he kicks them in the balls. <clears throat> that is his big move. And so Jericho set up for it, and Victoria runs in, and Goldust just decides to start making out with her in a move that I can't believe that he still did as late as 2020. Um, and then he tosses Victoria into Jericho, and Jericho's kind of getting knocked in the balls. So then Trish comes back in, she gets some hits in on Jericho, and then Jericho clotheslines the fuck out of her and hits her and then puts her in the walls of Jericho's submission move and makes her tap out. I, you know, it's not great that the intergender wrestling that we mostly got was 99% Jericho getting shit in on, on Trish, but, but like, damn, we actually got it. They fucking mm -hmm. actually did the thing. What sorcery is this? And why is it appearing on an episode that is otherwise all of the worst ideas? Yeah, what? and I made a note that eventually after the match, Jim Ross finally said the line and he called Victoria a stuck-up yeah. bitch in a Jezebel. Yeah, JR failed the don't call lady wrestlers Jezebel challenge once again. He God always it, calls he, he always calls heel women Jezebels. It is his favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. And after that, we get the Katie Vick stuff. We already covered it plenty. Uh, and after And after that, uh, was Al Snow versus Tommy Dreamer in a Singapore Kane match, which I wrote, I mean, what do I even care about this match after that video? Because, well, they just kind of hit each other with kendo sticks until Chris Nowinski comes down and hits Al Snow with a kendo stick, but it is played off as maybe he was trying to hit Tommy Dreamer and missed. Who's to say? I'm sure they will cover that more later on another episode yep cool yeah the the korean uh or the singapore canes that are definitely not kendo sticks great yep. uh then we get a match between three minute warning and rico versus the big show which i wrote huh never heard three minute warnings theme before and of course well yeah, it's, it's the little the big things. Show. It's it's, uh, the, it's match... the little things, ironically, with the big show. Yep. <laughs> uh, the match follows a pretty basic formula of the big show gets starts hot early and starts knocking them down, but then the, the three heels are able to start teaming up on him. But eventually he fights them off. He throws all of them out of the ring except Jamal. Then he choke slams Jamal and then he wins. So so Eric Bischoff's grand plan to kick to get Big Show's ass kicked is a flop. Because he yeah, still wins well, anyway. Real, real goddamn shocker that that Big Show won the day on that one. Why mm -hmm. am I not surprised, dude? Three minute warning kind of seems like they're kind of shit at their jobs. A lot of the yeah, um, they really they're really only good for occasionally kicking, beating people down. They're not. They don't ever win anything. Cool. And then Big Show has an interview with Coachman. And Bischoff shows up immediately to be like, you know what? Fuck you, Big Show. You're traded to SmackDown. Get out of here. You're never working on Raw again. And I will be in contact with my lawyer. And Big Show, of course, is totally happy with his entire arrangement. 
Why wouldn't he God. be? Yeah, he fucking hates Bischoff. He's he's like, hell yeah. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And then uh. we get the interview with Shawn Michaels at the World in Times Square, God. New York. God. Uh. So to recap how we got to this point is Triple Eight is that Tr- Shawn Michaels had his big return from his back injury in from 1998 at SummerSlam 2002, when he had a, ma- a hardcore match with Triple H that he won. But then after the match, Triple H battered his back with the sledgehammer, with his sledgehammer. And the implication is that he crippled uh, Tri- Shawn Michaels. This is all storyline, of course. And so he is in a wheelchair and he wheels himself out onto the stage and he gives this promo about how he's feeling better. But rehab is going really slow. You know, who knows when he's going to be able to come back. And he says, you know, some days I I kind of want to just quit. And But then I think, because I know I would have, I've had a good career, I could end it here. But then he says that everything he does is a testament to God and a testament to his family. And so quitting isn't an option. And... I wrote, we get it, Sean, you like hunting, because at one point he makes an, a hunting allusion to talking about Triple H. Yeah. And now he's going to hunt him down. And then Sean Michaels pot jumps the fuck out of his wheelchair because Swerve, oh. he his injury is healed. He is ready it's, to go. Hey. Triple H better watch out because he's coming for him. You know, on a better episode, this would be the thing that really got under my skin of like, oh boy, a fake wheelchair angle where he's actually fine, lol. But no, this that's doesn't even fine. Crack, this don't even crack the. This doesn't even really penetrate the skull at this point. This is this is tasteful. This is this is this is tasteful and artistically it, that has artistic integrity compared to. The other shit. Cool. Yeah, so he's born again. Chris. Also, it's something about him giving a fucking born again Christian speech on the fucking sex tape episode. Another moment of pure ironic gold. Uh, uh, oh, oh, he also talks about uh, Triple H has no idea where he's going to be coming. And man, after that fucking sex tape, I don't know. I don't want to know where anyone's coming. Actually, Shawn Michaels is going to be coming and you're not going to know when. I don't want to. I really don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then we get to the main event. That has Rick, really Rick Flair ver- to and do. Triple H versus RVD and Kane. Literally a tag team rematch between the two matches from the pay-per-view. And I'll and it is 20 minutes of nothing. I didn't write any notes for it because I didn't really care. It's an extremely basic bit two heels beating up on one good guy, one babyface tr- archetype. Where they yeah, injure just, RVD's leg and then kind of just kick his ass for 15 minutes. And Kane is just kind of like waiting to get the hot tag. Except he never gets the hot tag because eventually he, he starts brawling with Triple H and they both go to the back and RVD hits the, fr- the frog splash on Ric Flair to win the match. Okay, 
let's move on to yeah. what's the also jr thing. says there's no necrophilia in wrestling okay jr mm-hmm. he also well, makes mentions that he said necrophilia more times tonight than he said in the last 10 years of his life jr having a real fucking two nickels moment with the word necrophilia yeah or i guess, or i guess if you ask tommy dreamer the correct terminology is narcolepsy which it's not because narcolepsy would be if if Katie was alive. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't label Tommy Dreamer as the as the uh, sharpest wrestler uh, of, of no. the lot. No, the the uh, the I the, not not the not the sharpest Singapore cane out there. Not the sharpest Singapore cane in the shed. <laughs> Which I guess, why are you keeping sharp canes in the shed? But just shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after the match, Kane and Triple H are brawling over the interview set area. And it ends up, Kane ends up throwing Triple H into a vending machine. Uh, and fun fact is that, is that after, something I didn't mention in the beginning when this happened, is that when Bischoff tells Big Show that he's going to SmackDown, he leaves and in the parking lot is Hurricane. And they're all both like, well, what's that about? P- said it, plan, that's a foreshadow. They're paying that off. In that Hurricane is in the parking lot still when Triple H and Kane show up. And Triple H tries to pedigree Kane onto the pavement, but then Kane fights back and choke slams Triple H into the onto the car hood. And then when Triple H is down, Hurricane helps Kane throw Triple H into the trunk of this car, which you want to talk about a two nickels moment. I can't, this is, if I had a nickel for every time on this podcast, a wrestler got thrown in the back of a trunk of a car to end an episode, I would have (laughs) two nickels. (laughs) God damn. And so Kane throws Triple H in the trunk. And he's like, hey, you you good in there, Triple H? Well, and and I wrote this in quotes because I think it's important to really get this right. Is Kane kneels down and he goes, now I'm going to screw you. And the only question is, will you still be alive or will I just wait until you're dead? They really thought that was a mic drop moment. Man, they thought they were shit. so clever in Holy uh, shit. subverting the quote from bef- from last week. Holy shit. And oh my god, tri- it was and so And then Kane forced. drives off with Triple H in the car trunk. Presumably to go get in another car accident and kill Triple H. <laughs> I, if I am reading the scene correctly, Kane is going to go crash his car and try to kill Triple H. Yeah. Except, except, fucking, we see. We want to talk about shitty camera work in this episode. We see, like, as the car drives away, you can see, like, the trunk open up a little bit again, and, like, mm-hmm. Triple H clearly jumping out. Yeah. Bruh. That's fucked. It's so. They, <clears throat> they couldn't even. They couldn't even get that right. That, that mm. basic ass framing. Holy shit. And speaking oh of fucked, this whole episode, this 
we I think we touched on it enough, but also this episode was garbage. It was the the Katie Vick sex tape was one of the worst things I've ever watched wrestling or otherwise yeah. and everything else in the episode I barely remember because of the sex tape thing. I this was just the worst episode of wrestling TV I've ever seen flatly. Mm-hmm. I I I'm sorry for being such a drag. This just drained me. This was this was not fun. This was mm-hmm. depressing. I it just pain. Nothing but pain. Holy yeah, this shit. Is, this is I I will apologize for this one because this is worse than I expected it to be. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, the uh, someday you'll find the balance of the perfect, like, fun thing to make David angry. <laughs> That's not and like I... the 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 dumb slow burn of the fucking Double Undertaker's thing, and not the deeply offensive what the fuck everything of, of the Katie Vick storyline. You make <laughs> a good point, which is why you gotta next... find the middle ground. <laughs> which is why next week. I make my greatest attempt at this middle ground. Oh, God damn it! This, I wasn't sure if I was if I was committed to this idea, but then I realized we need something stupid that's funny, not just mm-hmm. offensive. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, next time on the News and Knockouts podcast... Well, I previously made mention la- uh, last time we were here in the Katie Vick arc that pregnancy angles basically only have two ways to go in wrestling. Either it's a real pregnancy, and so you know, it's a real pregnancy it's when real you want. Pregnancy. Or it's a fake pregnancy, which equals a miscarriage, a miscarriage. Except there is one noted exception to this uh, thought process. So next week, we go to the year 2000 on Monday Night Raw, where Mae Young, you know her, (laughs) everyone's favorite horny grandma, she gives birth. (laughs) And so next week, we're going to talk about that. What the fuck? What the fuck? May Young has is with child in the year of our Lord 2000. Y2K, if you will. Oh, what? boy. That Menopause is for bitches. But that <laughs> is. Which May Young definitely is. But, it, but, but the fun kind of bitch, I guess. Yep. But that is for next time. David, hit our plugs. Friends, thank you for suffering with us on this horrifying episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Holy shit, it means the world to us that you people, you people listen along with us. You made it all the way through this episode. Congratulations! (laughs) Yeah, okay, so... You win a no, in the words of Stan Lee, you win a no prize. You win a no prize, but we love you anyway. You you, you win the prize of our continued love and affection. Uh, so anyway, if you're a 
first time if you're a returning listener viewer what have you i'm so sorry thank you once again for welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever you use to consume our content uh we're delighted to have you join us week after week after week we hope you continue to do so if you're a first time listener viewer what have you thank you so much for joining us and again terribly sorry we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you're brand new to the wrestling fandom or you're a veteran of this whole wild wacky world we hope you feel welcome here and that you uh you're you're enjoying coming along with this crazy ride with us if you'd like to continue to join us you're not entirely sure how to do so not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it's turns nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode uh like comment add us to your playlist check out all of our playlists austin has been kind enough to organize all of the arcs and companies and eras, et cetera, et cetera, that we follow into their own nice little playlists. Just, just check it out. It's super organized. And if you want to check out a specific thing, you don't have to jump around all that much. It's, it's super cool. Um, and in more recent episodes, you get to see our lovely setup, our beautiful faces are gesticulating the, the pain that David's suffering, the great visual gag of Kyle and Robbie fireman carrying me back in my room. And I try to escape today uh all don't don't miss out folks it's a good time here at the 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 visual experience however though if you're a stickler for the classic the og the audio only experience you can of course find us on spotify google and apple Podcasts, three of the best places to find your podcast check us out there download us give us those those ratings those reviews spotify recently added the rating system please drop us a five-star rating if you can it means the world to us, you know, drop us a little review. It says, hey, these guys are pretty cool. Maybe you should check them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Your patronage is greatly appreciated. Of course, there's also the more direct ways you can interact with the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Our social media on Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Check us out there. We, we engage with wrestling discourse. We drop dank memes. We post every single time we drop a new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Sure. Uh, the normal schedule it would be every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS, AEW Dynamite. But right I know, now, I am indisposed on that. And if David is here, when he's available, he'll be live tweet. He live tweets in my steed. So for the next couple of weeks, uh as of this era of this taping it be it do be like that it, people say it don't be like that but it do yep <laughs> in addition we also cover the aew wwe and impact wrestling pay-per-views uh so upcoming on march 6th is aew revolution revolution <laughs> revolution their newest pay-per-view event and man do they have matches coming up we got a face of the revolution ladder match for the TNT champion for a future TNT championship match that right yeah. now is the biggest, beefiest boys match. Yes. E. Wardlow, powerhouse Hobbs, big, beefy be boys so slapping meat in a ladder match. It's going to be so good. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm so excited for We're Beefy also Boy. Right now, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus will be defending the tag team titles in a triple threat match against teams to be decided. It's They're going to do some battle royals in the next couple of weeks. That's going to be fun. Yes. To oh, hell And yeah. then CM Punk 
versus MJF right. in a dog collar match. match. It's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be oh. fucking sweet. Uh, Dr. Uh, Britt Baker, D D M D title versus Thunder Rosa for the women's world championship. If you've been following along with our newest A or the AEW women's championship arc, you should know those names by now. Indeed. And in our main event, the hangman Adam Page defending the AEW world championship against one of his former best friends in the elite. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, All that and more to come in the next couple of weeks. And again, that is Sunday, March 6th. Uh, Upcoming for WWE is WrestleMania 38 on April 2nd and April 3rd. And upcoming for that so far, we've already got some big matches. We got Mm. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a title for title match. Winner will be the only world champion in WWE. We got Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown women's title, I guess. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw women's title. Let's go, Bianca. And then we got a tag team match where the Mysterios will be taking on The Miz and Logan Paul. What? What? (laughs) The fuck? Wait, what? Logan Paul. Oh, God. Okay, I guess that's happening. Wait, you didn't and, know about uh, this? You were blind no? by this? Oh, you... I, I mean, I didn't know either. I love the fact that you had to announce it, though. What the shit? I guess that's happening this year. Great. Oh, that's, again, oh, April 2nd and April 3rd. And Impact Wrestling is Rebellion on April 23rd. Right now, that's several weeks out. We don't have any matches on the card so far, but that should still be a really good time. And that is what is upcoming on our Twitter in the future, in the near future. Yes, so be sure to check all that out. It's a great time over on the Twitter. Uh, whether it's Austin or I at the helm, we like to think we, we like to think we're fun to hang out with while watching wrestling. Austin's the insightful knockout. I'm the color commentating noob. Whatever your flavor, we got something for you. So come hang out with us on the Twitter for weekly wrestling live tweeting and other shenanigans. Of course, there's also our email address. Uh, you can email us directly at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. You know, come say hi to us. Tell us what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. Feel free to request stuff you want to see, eras, arcs, companies, general wrestling adjacent media. Yell at us for our hot takes or tell them how absolutely fucking base they are. Uh, Just tell us that you love listening to our sweet dulcet tones coming out of our vocal cords week after week. Either way, just come say hi. We would love to say hi back. News and knockouts pod at gmail.com. And finally... You can find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.